Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Sasha Perleman. She is founder and CEO of Revolver Productions, which is an event management agency. We're going to learn more about that. She is also co-founder of The Intersection, which is an interesting new initiative that she and a couple other founders are putting together. We're going to learn more about that, really focusing on the cannabis industry, uh, how to build networks, how to make introductions, how to build long-lasting relationships in this new busy industry of cannabis and and what's going on here. Fascinating one. I think the whole community building around cannabis is a really important topic. I think that uh, it is really kind of shaping how the industry plays out. It's such a dynamic and kind of multifaceted space. I'm just fascinated with the people that are getting involved, how you build relationships, how you build networks within that. And obviously, trying to bring all the different networks that are involved in cannabis together in, in different ways is, is kind of the fun and, and interesting part of that. So with that, Sasha, welcome to the program. 
Thanks, Bruce. Excited to be here. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about your background, get a sense of professionally what you've been doing. I mean, obviously, we with Revolver are focusing on event management and then how you've kind of parlayed that into cannabis. Curious about how you got involved in cannabis originally. Uh, so let's start there and then we can talk a little bit about the work that you're doing today. Absolutely. I started Revolver a little over four years ago in New York on a dollar and a dream and <laughs> many, many years of uh, event production experience, particularly in, in the luxury beauty space. Mm -hmm. I have been producing all sorts of global events, probably from the age of 18, uh, you know, into into my business. Now we are a full service event and experiential agency, we produce events for a lot of CPG brands Mm -hmm. across the country with offices in New York and LA to date. And a little over two years ago, when I came out to LA to open a satellite office here, in hopes to expand and our West Coast clientele, I stumbled on this amazing group of women called uh, the Cannabis Feminist, and they would host these circles where women from the industry would come together and they would share in, in stories of how cannabis impacts their life, how they are involved from a business perspective, and being a New Yorker coming to L.A., I really didn't understand cannabis as an industry. For me, it was this regional thing that I engaged with from probably too young of an age. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what else is new? Yeah, exactly. Growing up in New York, you you do some things probably ahead of schedule. However, cannabis for me has always been this incredibly creative outlet that has helped me deal with with a lot of things in terms of being a creative and and the work that I do, but also helping alleviate a lot of anxiety, I feel, as a result of my work in particular. And so uh, so I, I sat in circle with these incredible women and listened to everyone's stories and shares, and I felt something thing so vibrant inside of me. I, I just felt really excited. And I wasn't sure in that moment what I would do in the industry, but it felt like there was such alignment and that I would need to figure it out. And so being an event producer, I started exploring the event scene, really excited about it. How cool is it to go to a place where you can consume cannabis mm-hmm. and be an event and, you know, it's Los Angeles, everything is outdoors and, and super new and, and vibrant. And I realized very quickly that the events that I was attending just didn't feel like a place for me. I, I There was nothing really sexy about it. There was nothing super elevated. It felt like a bunch of people getting stoned and no one was communicating or building community. And that really just, it didn't feel exciting. And I thought to myself, how cool would it be to create an environment for people to not just come and consume, but to really learn about all of these new things that I had started learning in in my journey with cannabis, like about microdosing, about Mm -hmm. terpenes, about the healing modalities of, of plant medicine. And so I created my first event in Malibu called Immersion, mm-hmm. and it was a play on the five senses. And each sense was an opportunity not only for a brand to activate, but for them to talk about the properties of cannabis and how it shows up for us and how it can help us heal and how important intentions are and mindfulness and all of these 
really, I guess, trendy buzzwords that are <laughs> yeah. in the industry. Um, but for me, it was it was really an invigorating experience to bring together my knowledge and creating experiences for people with education, because yeah. that's thing that I think the the industry really has an opportunity to do in a much more palatable way. There's a lot to know about cannabis, a lot to know about the medicinal properties, the the healing properties, the you know the recreational properties, and we're still very much as an industry uncovering that. Yeah, yeah. But if you're approaching someone who's a potential future consumer and you're assuming their baseline is zero, what do you want them to walk away knowing so that you can really shape the narrative that they have about cannabis and how it can be used in their lifestyle? So that's really what our events in the industry are designed to do. We take a lot of what we apply to our corporate CPG clients when we're working with beauty brands or wellness brands hmm. and really articulating who are you as a brand, but what do you want people to walk away knowing about your products, right? Because mm -hmm. the industry is only becoming more saturated. It's a very noisy marketplace right now. There's a lot of misnomers around you know, the different modalities of cannabis consumption, particularly, obviously, in, in light of everything happening with the vape crisis yeah, yeah, exactly. right now. And, and, and it's just a shame because I think that we're such a we've become sort of so surface level in the information that we intake that, you know, you read a headline that the vape crisis is being caused by THC products and the mass public is, you know, that's what they're going to associate yeah. now with cannabis. Yeah. And I think that through our events, we really have an opportunity to capture audiences and really dictate and 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 set the the conversation in a new light that really feels light and palatable and empowering yeah. through the events that we're producing. I'm, I'm curious because I think, I mean, this is a fascinating space because I think most people's or if you've been kind of a cannabis user, you know, more than a couple of years, you know, that, that the, the previous kind of cannabis event experience or experience was pretty private. It was, you know, home. It was with, you know, a handful of friends. I mean, just because of the legality and I think kind of the social, you know, stigma or the, the social perception of it. Like you had, I mean, you just did not have, I mean, other than maybe, you know, festivals and maybe some music, you know, kind of venues and, and events and stuff where, you know, you could have more kind of open use, uh, open consumption on some of this stuff. I mean, this is really now we're just starting to explore this whole space of like, how do you introduce cannabis, you know, in as an event experience? What what are the things what are the things you're kind of learning or seeing as as you produce these kind of events? I mean, I guess either logistically what what is different than other types of events and, you know, kind of, I guess, strategically or creatively, what do you have to do differently when you start introducing cannabis into these kind of events? What, what do you notice? Well, I think the the biggest thing is that the space is so new relatively mm -hmm. compared to other industries that being creative and thinking outside the box is something really exciting because likely no one has done it before. And as a producer, that's really inspiring and you can really 
sort of set the tone for, for what events look like, what is the consumer journey, what are people feeling in, during, after. Also really setting the tone for more strategic conversations with brands in particular, where you have conversations around ROI and, uh, you know, what are their what are their marketing objectives? How do we maximize their budgets? How do we really look at things more holistically? And I think that that's a conversation that, A, a lot of brands are, are yet to be ready for, but the brands that I think are starting to take more of a, of a corporate structure are really engaged in those types of conversations because they want their dollar to stretch. And to that point, what's really fascinating is how few companies actually have money. <laughs> and that's, that's probably been our biggest challenge in yeah. finding the right brand partners, because the way that we approach clients is more from a perspective of let's build together long term. We're not really interested in transactional relationships where it's a one and done. We, we really want to sit with you and look at you know, what's your 2020 marketing goals and how are we going to accomplish that with the the funds that you've allocated or have you allocated anything toward events yeah. in the cannabis space are really special for two reasons. One, I think that they do a really amazing job of bringing together community, which is very much at the core of, of, of what we focus on. And the other part is, as you know, advertising is an evolving uh, <laughs> yeah. that brands have to jump through or over. And it makes it it makes events that much more meaningful and impactful because that is ultimately how you can drive consumer engagement, brand awareness, really creating the recognition and customer retention in a way that you might not be able to achieve through other conventional methods because a lot of times we're, you know, cannabis brands are just not allowed to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a funny situation. I mean, given given the restrictions on being able to advertise and, you know, either legally, the legal restrictions or the practical restrictions that these, a lot of the platforms are putting in place that they're, they're just not allowing cannabis specific advertising promotions to be used. It does, it does kind of push things into these, you know, somewhat alternative or other strategies for, for being able to get the message out there and, and, and market and, and build awareness. I mean, do you see that, I guess, what kind of cannabis companies are looking towards these kind of experiential live event um, strategies and, and which ones are, do you feel are leveraging it or, or most able to kind of use live events, you know, in-person in experience kind of things to the best advantage? Do you see anything on a strategic alignment uh, there in the industry? I think that as brands are starting to get more funding and grow an executive team from other industries where mm. these conversations are more regular, yeah. I, th I, I think we're still quite a bit away from it, but it, it's happening. You know, we're having conversations with different brands for MJ BizCon, for Hall of Flowers, for a lot of these sort of mega cannabis events. And it's just really an interesting perspective because MJ BizCon is a great example of how that's where everyone from the industry is in Vegas for this particular show. And whereas you have over 1300 exhibitors on the show floor, it's not really a place where many brands, you know, consumer brands, yeah. but they are having meetings off the floor and they're doing yeah. all sorts of different activations. And so I don't know if, if it's fair to say that there's one brand or one company that's doing it exceptionally well or sort of maximizing. I think everyone's really just trying to figure it out and seeing yeah. what 
is most impactful because it's not the same sort of experience where we produce an event for a brand and we're able to then pull metrics from dispensaries to be able to show, okay, based on this event that we've done, we've generated X amount in sales for you, right? Like that Mm -hmm. sort of data, I'm sure if we if we did enough due diligence, we could probably garner some of it, but there's not a ton of efficacy from that from that data. How would we go about getting it? You know, there's there's also the thought of doing press events for brands where at least if we're if we're generating a specific amount of press on an event that we've hosted, we can we can pseudo qualify yeah, that yeah. as okay, we you know, we've generated thirty thousand dollars worth of press coverage. This event cost you ten thousand dollars to produce, so you've gotten, you know, three times your, your return on investment. Um, but I, I think that brands are figuring it out. And I think that they're trying to see how they can maximize their budgets. And it's just, it's, it's really, it's so, it's so unique because a lot of brands also, if you're, if you're sort of digging down deep, Mm -hmm. a lot of brands, the, the founders, the producers of the products are leading these brands and they may not necessarily have the business savvy or understanding of making strategic decisions, especially in light of all of the regulations that are insanely costly for a brand to stay alive. Uh, So there's a lot of factors. And I, I applaud the industry for moving into an arena where they're starting to have these conversations. But I do think that we're we're still a bit away from it being more of the industry standard. Yeah. And what do you I guess what's your general suggestion for you know for a cannabis brand these days? Any anything that you generally suggest they look at in terms of being able to leverage, you know, experiential live event kind of programs in their overall strategies? Is there anything that you sort of generally see that works or, or general applications and, and things that don't work and areas that you kind of steer people away from? What's the, are there any best practices, I guess, or, or ways in, in, in which to kind of leverage, you know, that particular form of marketing or that particular experience? I think that it's really important for a brand to identify their objectives before making any decisions as far as what they're doing with their marketing budget, yeah. really understanding Who's our who's our key demographic? And that in some cases could be other businesses, in some cases that can be consumers, but ultimately sort of what are their what's their end game? And from understanding that we can work backwards and coming up with a strategy on how to best maximize. So I'll take, they're not one of our, our clients, but I think that they do this exceptionally well. So a brand like Bebo, which I think has become quite a popular household name amongst the cannabis industry and, mm-hmm. and outside of the cannabis industry, because they've they've marketed themselves as the Hermes of of cannabis and their branding is quite particular. But what I really admire that they've done as a brand is that you don't see them at the MJ BizCon, you don't see them at Hall of Flowers, but you do see them at FounderMade, you see them at, you know, maybe a Goop conference. So these these indie platforms that have taken to to a new consumer base that is not your conventional trade show, it's not a cannabis focused event, and they're really Really marketing to a new audience that we've classified as canna curious. So you've seen Ooh, a, I like a that. Lot, yeah, you've seen a lot of CBD presence at these beauty industry shows or wellness expos, and that's really smart because I think that 
when people start classifying cannabis and, and, and hemp as part of an overall wellness lifestyle, it takes the power out of it being what people constitute as a recreational drug. Right. And I think that that's really important for brands to understand if I am continuing to show up at these cannabis centric events continuously and I'm not getting the word out of who we are as a brand to other potential consumers, what can we do differently? And that's a conversation that we really sit down and dive deep into to really help them understand that there are other ways, even if it's non-consumption. I think I think consumption sort of gets in the way of brands wanting to have a presence in certain places, particularly New York. And the reality is, is that there are brands that have built brand recognition in markets that are not recreational because they've done it in a way that's really powerful marketing and brand messaging. So I think that that's something to explore and do more of because my experience with a lot of the cannabis events is you see the same people over and over. It's kind of preaching to the choir. So it helps us to have experience with non-cannabis clients so that we are we are staying up to date with what trends, what industry trends are happening from an events perspective that we can then make recommendations to some of our cannabis clients and saying, have you considered this as an avenue to promote your brand and access a new audience? Yeah, no, that makes sense. In terms of the audiences, I'm, I'm curious what you've kind of seen either through just being involved in the industry or the the events you've produced, the clients you work with, what are the big up and coming segments? So so you mentioned this kind of can of curious segment, which I love. I'm going to use that. <laughs> but what else? What, what other kind of segments of, you know, the consumer base do you feel are, you know, most interesting or particularly dynamic right now? How, how do you kind of slice up the cannabis world? I, wellness, I think, is a massive segment, particularly since the the surge of CBD and realizing all of the health benefits of CBD and integrating it into ideally a daily lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think for cannabis, it there are avenues where it's solely recreational or it is wellness focused or it's about pain management. I think pain management and, and the baby boomer community is a huge demographic yeah. that actually is a big opportunity for for brands to really target. Papa and Barkley has done an extraordinary job at really focusing on that market through their products, mm-hmm. particularly their topicals, not just from a place of efficacy because they really actually work, but that being a really simple introductory to trying cannabis, whereas you have somebody, again, without baseline zero, and they're like, I don't know, I don't want to get high. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of stigma mm-hmm. and how easy is it for them to interact with a topical because they'll feel the pain relief, they won't feel the psychoactive, and it helps them because when you're in pain, you want to do whatever you can to relieve that pain. And I just think about the number of conversations that I've had with people over the age of 55 who either suffer from terrible chronic pain, who are not sleeping, who have anxiety, who are depressed. And through topicals and tinctures, I've been able to completely change their perspective on cannabis wellness and get them to try things, have 
extraordinary results from those experiences and then want to share that with their communities. So now I have people calling me all the time asking me, what do you recommend for this? What do you recommend? For that and it puts me in this really weird position because I'm like I'm not a doctor <laughs> or a professional, but you know it's it's really inspiring and I think that over time I really you know sort of as a as a thought leader and as someone who's super passionate about the medicinal healing properties of the plant I really want to have this conversation with people on a bigger level because I do believe that cannabis is is sort of a soapbox at this moment to talk about the opioid epidemic, to talk about mental wellness, to talk about conscious consumerism in a way that I don't think we've done, but it's, you're you're sort of starting to see it happen, you know, and and having much bigger conversations around the social impact of the cannabis industry. So there's a lot of work for us, Bruce. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. And and it's one of the fascinating things about the market and and this industry is just the, 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 the facets and the, the the number of things it ends up touching on because it is is everything from you know you you can talk about uh, you know agricultural science to social justice to uh, you know regulatory issues to you know business models you know consumer branding I mean there's so many facets to this that I think you know make it such a dynamic and interesting industry um, it, it makes it fun um, and the people um, are obviously very passionate in many different ways. <laughs> and it, that, that makes it interesting too. Talk to me about the um, events that have consumption involved with them. How how does that change the event? What are you generally, what have you seen as being kind of effective strategies for producing events that involve consumption? How does that end up, I guess, what, what's your strategy for, for those kind of events versus non-consumption events? Yeah. I So because consumption events have really changed in terms of licensing and there's a lot of gray area with consumption events. We as a company have sort of taken a step back from focusing on consumption events and really having education, conversation, connection at the front of our events. And that's for a couple of reasons. One being we, we service a lot of corporate clients. We don't want to jeopardize any sort of any sort of yeah. movement that 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 can make us liable, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's just a very convoluted area right now to sort of dig down. If you wanted to, you could easily have private events that where you can have consumption. It's you know it is and it isn't regulated. It, it's sort of an unknown. Yeah. Uh, what I would say is for people looking to produce consumption events, just really get familiar with what the rules. Are because it's it's not just on a state level, but I know cities, particularly in LA, have their own exactly their own sets of rules. It's just an area where I love consumption events. I think that they're really fun. If it wasn't so complicated, I yeah. think that we would do more of them. But our focus is really more so on driving new initiatives around conversation, around scalability, bringing together founders, giving them tools to really understand how to scale their businesses. I mean, we're, we're really looking at this a lot more holistically than uh, just solely consumption events. Yep. Uh, and, and that's for good reason. Uh, I don't know what sort of good strategies are for for consumption events that differ from non-consumption events. I do think that you can attract a different type of audience, just the same way you would if you're doing 
you know, consumption events with alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like yeah. if you're doing an Oktoberfest, you're going to be attracting a different audience than when you're doing a beverage conference yeah. where people are genuinely looking to get involved in the industry for whatever their reasons are. Yeah. Neither are good or bad. It's just different. I think that when the rules get more consistent and, you know, perhaps we'll apply for a license and be able to start doing more of those events. Mm-hmm. But it's been truly hard to monetize those events. And I can probably speak for most of my peers across the industry who produce consumption events. It's very unlikely that brands will spend enough money for it to really become a profitable thing. So I think being able to add value back to brands through either the connections that you're facilitating or the brand visibility that you're able to create, that's when you know, we can start really quantifying the dollars that that are going into producing and that that we're getting in return for that. Yeah, no, they do seem complex. I mean, I've, I've heard some horror stories of you know everything from venues pulling out at the last minute to, you know, suppliers not showing up with the with the goods, you know, like, you know, actually pulling off a, a consumption event. It feels like still a pretty Herculean challenge. Um, and so I'm, I'm always curious, people that are Doing it, uh, you know, above the board, uh, how they're actually getting it done, and and what kind of what kind of things you need to put in place to run it successfully. But yeah, I think it's still a pretty big challenge. Um, talk to us about the intersection, about what you're doing there. I'm curious about, you know, learn a little bit more about what the intention was, what the initiative was, and what your plans are, and what you hope to achieve. Absolutely, the intersection was born like most other events where we we saw a need for something that didn't exist and we created it. So I've come together with four other incredible women. So Lulu to uh, Hyperlicious, and she has an event series in New York called On the Revel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate Manson, who's the founder of Tarot CBD and has actually moved to Ohio to open a dispensary and, and a whole learning curve with, with that. She's the founder of Capsule. Awesome. Masha, Masha Kupetz, who is the founder of Plastic Palm Tree, which is an amazing design agency working with cannabis brands and entertainment brands. Um, and Adriana Kurtzer, who is a pseudo-retired attorney. She created <laughs> a rebranding pot. She's just an overall amazing human. I mean, they're all equally amazing. And we've come together to create this event series called The Intersection for a couple of reasons. One is that the New York cannabis event scene from a networking perspective has been particularly challenging because you, you see a lot of the same faces in the room or you're in a room with 200 plus people where you really don't know how to navigate that room because they're aren't many vignettes to sort of prompt you to come together with people that you're looking to meet. And personally, as an introvert, I find that incredibly challenging. Unless I shake hands with all 200 people and really get an understanding for who they are, it's really hard for me to validate those three hours of my night spent at this event when I walk away with two connections that maybe or maybe won't help, you know, in building future contacts. So we created this event to have sort of three vignettes. One is 
an initial mix and mingle where we will bring people together because we've profiled all of our attendees by capturing information once they register. Mm-hmm. And strategically, we sit down as a group and we vet all of these attendees and based on who they're looking to connect with, we bring those people together physically oh, and interesting. Yeah. in space. So kind of like matchmakers, yeah. for, for lack of better terms. And uh, the idea is, obviously, between the five of us, we have quite extensive networks. So we can really leverage that uh, within the space. Our brand partners also have the ability to invite VIPs, maybe that they normally haven't had a chance to interact with. And and um, give them this this space to do so. Part two of our programming is bringing together industry experts. For the one we have coming up, it's uh, Roger Abondo, who's formerly of Baker Technologies uh, CTO, who's really incredible. And he's been doing a lot of advisory and uh, nonprofit work in the space as a result of leaving Baker. And then we have um, Alana Frankel, who is the producer of Women and Weed, the Shyman and Schuster uh, publication that mm-hmm. comes out. I believe it's either biannually or quarterly at this point. I'm not sure. Um, and she also has a CBD marketplace called Indigo and Haze. And then individually, we all speak to our opportunities kind of crossing over into the cannabis industry, similar to, to what we've spoken about during our time together, yeah. and also challenges. Yeah. What does it look like for them to be faced with certain challenges and adversities that maybe they wouldn't get in their in their corporate life? And how are they overcoming those challenges? Because we really want to give people an opportunity to understand the industry on a much deeper level than just, oh, it's the green rush, get involved, invest. <laughs> yeah. I think that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that aren't always as they seem in this in this space. And uh, we really want to dispel that and and really empower people to get curious. So the event concludes with an opportunity for people to sit at a dinner table and break bread together, continuing conversations. We've also mapped out where everyone is sitting. So it's a lot more intentional about who's across from you, who's next to you. What are some talking prompts that people can engage on while they're at the dinner table so that it doesn't just feel like let's get together in a room and party and eat and drink. This is really about your network is your net worth. And Mm -hmm. I I know that firsthand because that is how I've built my company from literally reaching out to everyone I know and them being ultimately my partners in helping build this business. I, I believe that in this industry that is more powerful and necessary than ever before, because as it continues to grow, you know, that will become more and more challenging. So that is the intersection. We are really excited for our first event on November 21st in, in the heart of New York. And we plan to continue this as a quarterly series and really build our network or our user base and, and find ways to cultivate the connections even when the physical events are not happening. Yeah, no, and I, I, I applaud your work and in, in really trying to activate this network because I think that's that's really ultimately how this industry is going to grow and and be shaped in a positive way for everyone is to is bring together people that that are going to share ideas, you know, come up with uh, new initiatives and, and really make this thing happen. I, we're we're going to hit time here, Sasha. If people want to find out more about you, about Revolver, about the intersection, what's the best way to get that information? Absolutely. 
definitely check out our website. It's Revolver Events with an S C O dot com. And all of our social media handles are on there too. Uh, our most recent work that we've been doing uh, in and out of cannabis. So definitely feel free to reach out. You can hit us up info at revolvereventsco.com for any additional information. We'd be happy to share information about the intersection is available at crosstheintersection.com. And cross the intersection is also our IG handle where we'll be posting photos and any information about upcoming events speakers, community members, etc. Great. I will make sure that all of those are in the show notes so people can click through and get that information. Sasha, I appreciate the time. It was a great conversation. I think this this whole kind of community building is a huge uh, part of the growth of the industry. So again, applauding you for the work that you're doing and thank you for taking some time today. Thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate it and love all of the conversation that we, we were able to engage in. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.